Welcome to our next episode of Through the Lens of Christ. I am Adam Baker, and this is Steve Douster. And we are here together to talk about um, both current issues, current events, and also just biblical topics and concepts about how do we live a life as a Christian? Are we called to uh, be a believer in Christ, and then we we just kind of either cease to make good decisions, or that now we're fine, we live how we want to, or um, is there actually ramifications that come with confessing a faith in Christ? And so one of those ramifications is that we have the joy of living now for God, and um, we, we live a life worthy of praise. We talked about the concept of worship, I think, in our last couple of podcasts, uh, this idea that our entire life is built around this concept of, of glorifying God, and our decision should reflect that. And so what we talk about often in these is we, we try to come back to this idea of a biblical perspective and worldview. And so for this episode, um, we're going to begin to talk about current events. We're going we're gonna to move a little bit from where we had expected to be speaking. Um, we're going to delay that for probably a, an episode or two, um, and really want to talk about some current events. Well, we've been talking, and we, and we talked in prior podcasts, about um, Black Lives Matter, uh, protests, riots, all the things that are, are, are devolving societally around us. Um, we, we talked about those previously, but just recently in our backyard in Kenosha, uh, a pretty significant um, issue has come to the forefront. We see Jacob Blake, we see a video of Jacob Blake being um, in, in some way, we can't really see clearly, but in some way connecting with the police, and then we see them following around the car, he tries to get in, he's shot seven times in the back. The video looks pretty bad, Steve. Um, it does look pretty bad, so yeah, just jumping into that, what, what one of the reasons that I enjoy being here and doing this podcast with you is trying to assess what's going on in the world um, from someone else's perspective that's also a believer in Christ. So there's a lot of information coming at me every day from different sources, Mm -hmm. and none of it is very trustworthy in some fashions, but but all of it is somewhat helpful in another way too. So so I want to be able to discern what's actually happening around me and try to figure that out with help from others. So this is one way that we can do that for each other, and perhaps if others you know, have the um, thought that they might do this as well between themselves, I think it can be helpful, especially if we're operating out of a Christian worldview and, and a heart filled with love and compassion for other people. We should be able to have conversations about these things that kind of center us on what the truth is, even if we don't know all this, all the things that are going on around us. So I feel that way about this, and hopefully we can do a little bit of, of good here by yes. talking about really a rather difficult subject. And, and speaking of the video, um, it was a very graphic and difficult video to watch. I mean, I'm surprised the man can live after that, and, and, yes. and thank God he is alive. Yes, yeah, and I think that's really the, the focus of our conversation. We, we don't want to come on and have this conversation about what happened, because... I wasn't there. You weren't there. We have a video. I think now there's two videos that I've seen on this, and I'm not there to make some judgment call or statement about what did or what didn't happen. What I see happen, uh, you said earlier in in a private conversation, but we see wrongs on all sides of this. Yes. The challenge in any of these conversations that that we've been talking about is, what do we know? Right? Uh, scripturally, and again, we want to keep driving back to this, is how do we not just, not just that we know we see something and it doesn't sit well in our stomach and now I want to be upset or angry or justify it or, or explain it away, but how do I move past my emotion and opinion and into a biblical worldview? And um, part of that stands on this idea of knowledge. And Proverbs 3.5 says that we trust in the Lord with all our heart, we lean not on your own understanding. 
And I think one of our societal issues right now is that we're leaning heavily on our own understanding. And so this concept of what do I know and how do I respond is a really difficult thing right now to, to figure out. Um, it is, and even even before that, it's 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 what kind of what kind of understanding do I have of the world before I even take in information? Do I understand um, myself in this world as just an accumulation of knowledge, and 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 the human being and the human race is getting smarter and smarter and smarter, and and you know we're way smarter beings and make better decisions than people that lived five hundred or eight hundred or. 100 years ago mm-hmm. or is it the case that each that each person really is in his own environment in the society that he lives in and adapts and understands that society based on the inputs around him including history including knowledge including working together and that and that we're really not that much smarter than people that lived five or eight hundred years ago we just in a, are in a different place in a different time and I think that's a that's a place that we start from before we even start taking in new information and processing it right right I mean we are consistently fed and inundated with perspectives and then they become our worldview yes. because we are just inundated with it. I think we both read an article earlier this week uh, that Michael Strand sent to us, and it, you know, the numbers are pretty appalling in terms of how how we're fed. And um, from a, a biblical perspective, you, know, you spend maybe an hour in church, but maybe there's you know a couple of hours worth of biblical intake per week. Mm-hmm. The average person, keep me honest, but I believe it said the average person is intaking almost 90 hours worth of stuff right? Just right. things that you're inundated with. And I mean, that is a huge disparity in how we're collecting a worldview. And I, I think to your earlier point is how, where did we begin, right? When we, when we actually watched the video, who were we as people? Where was our yes. mind? Where's my biblical worldview even before we intake the next piece of information? Um, and I think that's really for our purposes as Christians, we should be worried about that, right? Not that we shouldn't be talking about all these other things, not that we shouldn't be concerned about what's happening in the world, but have we actually fed ourselves to the point that we understand what knowing means? And what do we know first? Do do we know that Christ is our Savior? Do we understand what that means? Do we understand that the world has fallen? Do we understand that people are depraved? Do we understand that that we need a Savior? And then can we start to build information from there about what's happening around us culturally? Yeah, and can we be consistent in thinking about that? So when we approach a situation, it's not just that it's not a trite thing to say that the world is filled with sin and everyone has a sin nature and everyone has fallen. Um, it's pervasive and it's in every single thing that we see. So, so it's a real problem. We have to come to it with a with a really pretty complete knowledge of that to be able to discern what's happening around us. Mm-hmm. What I think we often do is the society presses in on us and we just take that in unfiltered. We don't discern what's happening and what's being told to us, and we take that in and make that a part of us. Even in a situation like we mentioned there's the shooting in Kenosha, there's a main part of that story that a lot of people are going to take one side or the other on. But we, we tend to, to hold on to something, to like one thing, but multiple things can be true at the same time. Right. And, and we tend to really focus too heavily on one thing oftentimes, right. and that overwhelms our capacity to actually discern and understand a situation. Yes. So yeah. that's very, very right. troubling and very difficult. So, I mean, it can also be true that the police officers acted very badly. It can also be true that other people acted very badly, including the person that got shot. And it could also be true that um, other situations are happening there that we don't even know about, and all of these are bad things. The, the precursor to that 
situation, the post-cursor to the situation where there's protests and rioting and things of that nature, all of those things are all bad, right. and, and all of them need to be kind of sorted out and filtered yeah. through the correct worldview or to a true worldview. Well, and, and how, how do we, because as we said, it's easy to watch a video like that, and it's easy to be, to be riled up one way or another, right? Um, then we see the response from that. We see the riots, the protests, city on fire, um, actions that I don't, I, in my limited understanding, I can't see how those actions are justified through whatever bad thing has happened, right? How do we take a bad thing and we do another bad thing and we say that that's okay? Right. And then on top of that, we've got other people who are frustrated with the riots and protests who are doing additional bad things. We saw somebody come up from Illinois and, and shoot some of the protesters. How, how do we start to—and and again, we go back to the beginning, that if we're not believers, and even as believers, there are people that are struggling with these things, if we're not believers with a strong, grounded biblical worldview, it's easy for us to get sucked into one side or another, or even get sucked into action that would be wrong. Yes. So so how are we to approach that? I mean, one way I think about that is we're to have the mind of Christ and the heart of Christ, and what would what, what should we think about that whole situation? I think the first thing that we should think of is probably sorrow yeah. and, 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 yeah. and seeing it for what it is. Yeah. The, if we can see the whole picture at once, I mean, it is a sorry, sorry state. And that doesn't mean that there's not any room for anger, because I think there's definitely room yeah. for anger. But the, the first thought should be, almost internal, I think. Yeah. This sin is pervasive, and I'm a sinner too. Right. And I'm capable of doing all the things that I see on television or that I see in person under the right circumstances if God hadn't got a hold of me and, and made me who I am today. Right. So, so any one of us can do many, many more bad things than we see on television or here in the news. Yes. Any one of us. It's just yes. God's restraining grace that keeps all that in somewhat check. We think it's somewhat check. It's very much in check. Yes. I mean, if it wasn't for God's restraining grace, we wouldn't even be here today. This We would have killed each other. I mean, yes. the, the human race would have just, just dissolved itself way yes. before now. Right. So, so the first look should be to us. It should be to look at the church, and we can start moving out from there once we understand our place in this world. Yes. And, and are the damage that we own personally have caused. Yes. Yeah, because, I mean, you you have to look at... So the end of that video, which is the horrific part, right? Yes. Um, there was a confluence of sin that happened to get to that point. Oh. And I have zero clue what that is, right? I have sure. no idea what happened to lead to that. But I can tell you that it was an aggregation of sin. From every single person involved. Every side. And it's crazy complicated. Yes, Yep. You worldviews on every side, actions, behavior, uh, past things that have brought them to this place, like all these competing things, but all of them sinful because of who we are. I don't know these people personally. I can tell you, though, that I know people. I know me as a people. Right. Like, I am sinful. And so we understand that that's—so your earlier point about the first thought should be sorrow because of the human condition. Yes. Right? That it's just that people are capable of these things, that whatever led to that place, the fact that people have either caused a, a negative action or that people have done a negative action, the fact that we're in that place that we that we can't be loving, that we can't be kind, that we and it's just who people are, and that that should break our hearts. 
Right. And you mentioned that you know yourself as sinful. And then, then you go to, well, how do you, how do you know that, Adam? Yep. So how does that happen? Well, it doesn't happen by not having God in the world. And it doesn't happen by not understanding Scripture and understanding even the Ten Commandments, because the commandments show us that we can't meet those those requirements yes. ourselves. Right. So it shows us our sin. And oftentimes, as as I keep studying through Romans, um, and you know, on our Sunday night group, I mean, looking at the Ten Commandments causes us to rebel against God if we're unbelievers. It causes more sin to happen. Yeah. So God forbid that you know more sin would happen just so that grace may abound is is kind of what we're going through in Romans. But that's but that's what's happening. Sin is abounding. Yes. Grace is abounding yeah. more, but right. sin is abounding in those situations. So for those that are um, freed from the law in Christ, um, loving Christ and being able to be in the, in, within the body of Christ and within his church, the global church in particular, uh, we have the ability to, to move and choose different ways and love the law yeah. and, and actually not sin in those same ways as an unbeliever would. Right. And, and so I think that, okay, we've seen something, we identify all those pieces, we understand that knowing who Christ is needs to be a precursor to a right uh, concept of what's happening. But now that we've seen it, now that we've watched it, now that we have emotion, whatever they are, where do we go from here, right? You've got a, a world that's trying to, to reach out in some way, right? They're trying, whether it's the protests or riots, and I think some people are there for the wrong reasons, I think some people are there for the right reasons, because um, again, we're all flawed people and we're going to use it things to our advantage. But how do we make sure that—because I, I know a lot of believers, I know a lot of friends that I have who are believers who are angry and who have, have made comments about if, you know what, if people start rioting up here, I'm going to I'm gonna definitely defend my, my house. I'm going to defend my store. I'm going right. to do—right? And so, okay, wh- which part of that is okay? Which part of that is responding out of out of anger and somewhat fear, and what part is responding in a, in a godly Christian way? And I think trying for us to navigate, what would be a—so if that happened in West Bend, Wisconsin, right? We talk about Kenosha being close because we've been there. We talk about if it happened in our backyard, like what, what would be appropriate? How would we manage our own emotions and then our, our actions to both seem loving, but also to absolutely be anchored on Christ? And I, I can start there because that's a loaded question. I'll throw it in your lap if you're ready, but I don't want to. I don't want to. If you got some on your, yeah. Well, well, let me. Yeah. Th- yeah, yeah. My my first thought is the only way to an- to to address that appropriately is to know Christ first mm-hmm. of all. So I have I have to know Christ to be able to understand how He would respond, and that would help me to understand how I can respond, which is which is out of love. I think also of there are many things that we can do. Some of them big, some of them small. But the main thing that we can probably do is relate to other people mm-hmm. and t- and have a personal con- have a personal conversation with people about these these issues and these events. I, I think of the situation where we really don't know, even if we're eyewitnesses. Oftentimes, we really don't even know what happened right in front of us. Again, before we t- before we started talking in the podcast, I used the example of this whole COVID situation. Mm-hmm. No one really has a good clue or handle on what's going on right now. And a year from now, if this whole thing is over and we're to this new normal that we're all talking about. Out, guess what? We still won't know what happened a year, you know, today, yeah. and even five or ten years from now, we will still not have a great understanding of what we went through over a twelve or eighteen or 
24-month period of time. Yes. The only time that's going to get cleared up for us is when we meet Jesus in heaven. And the yes. clearest, the, but here on earth, the clearest understanding of what's true and right and beautiful and good is in Scripture. There's just nothing else that compares to it. So I have to find ways of saturating myself with Scripture to know Christ and so that I can know myself, and then, then I can move out from there in evaluating the world around me. So hopefully that wasn't exactly what you were going to say, but you, you've got something else no, in, but in your I think, mind. So first, let me respond to that by saying sure. like the, the fun word for that is sanctification, yes. right? That we're saying that we don't know how to respond in and of ourselves, and that we're naturally going to be whatever best expresses our innate emotion. So if it's anger, we're going to be angry. If it's sadness, we're going to be depressed. Like That's just who we are. That's what's going to well up. And, and I can't do that myself. Sanctification is only through the power of Christ. It's not through any power that I can conjure up myself. So I can I can try to discipline myself, legally make myself rules so that I do or don't do certain things. All fails. Only Christ sanctifies. Sorry, I yes. say that. No, that's that's exactly right. And if we're you're talking about, and, and I think we talked about this in one of our podcasts a while ago, but if we can do all we want to to try to litigate good behavior, right? We can say that we're going to build laws and we're going to make sure that people are are behaving the right way. And we see it in a lot of different aspects right now where we're, we're trying to build laws and legislate away sin. It's not going to happen. Correct. And so we then, so it goes back to what is the right response for the church? What is the right response for believers? And uh, I'm convinced, and I, I don't believe this is me being passive, but I'm convinced that we have to do a better job of evangelism. We have to do a better job of helping people see who Christ is in us, right? How has the transformation been made? Am I going to show who Christ is in me by shooting one of the protesters because I'm angry? Is anybody going to be drawn to Christ because of that action? Of course not, right? right? So I need to first display what love... You talked about the the idea of understanding each other and relating to each other. Empathy, right? Yep. Understand that people are hurting in very real ways that, candidly, I probably will never fully understand. But if I refuse to try to sit and have a, a rational conversation with somebody... I thought one of the um, um, coolest videos, you might have seen it, but it was the Papa John's uh, guy with the, the front of his... Uh, um, restaurant broken. So I thought it was a really cool human condition moment where this guy is the, I guess he's the owner, or whatever, of Papa John's, and they had just busted the protest and everything, just busted the glass, and he's yelling out at them like, like, I have kids to feed, right? Like, I, what are you doing? Like, he didn't cause this. He didn't do it. He's like, what are you doing? And then you can't see, but one of the women in the back is like, you know, they're they're not with us or, or, you know, whatever. Like, and he's like, well, they are with you. And they're like, you can just see this, this human condition, this desire for people to relate to one another, this desire for people to understand each other. Right. And so we're screaming at each other in horrible ways and nobody's actually listening to the other person. Right. And the only answer to all of that is faith in Christ and being part of Christ's body. The, the challenge that we have in our time, we've, we've got all these structures that what people want to change, and they want, they want, to, they want to overlay a, a new structure on top of the other, or get rid of one structure and put in place a new one, right? Mm -hmm. So, so that's, that's just another problem. Yeah. It's just a whole other yeah. set of problems that's going to happen. It just continues to happen over time in our culture, and right now it's happening in a very condensed way. Yes. So instead of happening gradually over 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 years or whatever, it's happening over like six months. And, and it's, really, it's really challenging to work through that, but it's going to be a problem unless Christ is at the center of it. Right. And it's the, it's the only way these things can possibly get fixed. Yes. Yeah, and so I think we're, 
we're at the point where we clearly condemn the sin in all of this, right, yes. on all sides. I mean, clearly we don't. We have no desire to see anyone shot that way. We have no desire to see um, abuse being made. We have no desire to be somebody um, building decisions to put themselves in a position where that might happen. We don't. We have no desire to see the the burning and to see the the uh, additional assaults on people because of the protests. All those are just wrong and flawed and sinful, and they've all got to be condemned. We need to figure out, you know, and again, we talked about this a while ago, but the idea that the fullness of God is represented in the fullness of people, and we're going to see it when we get to heaven and we see every tribe, tongue, and nation, and we're not going to be at that point trying to express to another person how to understand us. Right. We're going to understand each other through Christ, right? He's the, the Spirit is the great unifier. That's what's bringing us all together, and we're going to experience that truth. And I think that... Uh, we talked about it in Habakkuk, where he says that the, the glory of God is going to cover all of the earth as the water cover the seas. The, the point is, is that his glory is already spreading, right? It's spreading because of the work of Christ. It's spreading because of the work of Christ in us. And are we being the ones who are bringing that glory of God out, or are we holding it back because we're angry or frustrated or sad or whatever? Well, that's a good point. So you mentioned all the sin that we can see and that that's a, that's a problem, but the sin that we can see also is a sin within a, each one of us. Yes. So yep. the place to start is with me. Yes. And and repentance it starts in my own heart first, yep. and then we can move out and we can see what's going on in the culture as well. And it is it is pervasive. So so yeah, we should be praying for Kenosha. We should pray for the police officers, the people involved, the families that have been hurt, mm-hmm. um, had injuries and people dying. Yep. And and that's happening not only in Kenosha, other places around the country yep. as as our secular system is is becoming more radicalized on both sides left and right yes. and and things are happening on the streets and in our culture um it's a it's a great upheaval it's a great opportunity in some ways yes. so people are people are are challenged people are upset and let's just pray they can we can have conversations like this and others that would lead some to Christ because that's the way it's going to happen i think one to one relationships conversations understanding empathizing showing them that we're not not unlike any one of them um, just because we're believers we're we're sinners just like anyone we're capable of all kinds of evil yes. and it's only through Christ that we can be saved and sanctified from it yeah yeah you're right we uh we see the things, we're broken by them, but that just means there's work to do. Yep. We know that God has, we're His masterpiece, created to do the good works He's prepared in advance for us to do through Christ, and so we have work to do. Much work. Yep. Amen. Well, thanks, Steve. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam.